If you know me at all, you know that death is my bread and danger is my butter. Oh no, danger is my bread and death is my butter. No, no, wait. Danger is my bread and death, no. Death is, I'm sorry. Death and danger are my various breads and various butters. Will and Ian, were you ever in Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts, or anything like that? I did uh, Cub Scouts up to Boy Scouts. Oh, wow. I did Cub Scouts for, I think, a year. Did you? Not quite a year. Would you all believe... Didn't believe- really lock in. Really? No, didn't? <laughs> Would you all believe that when I, w- that I was a Beaver Scout? That Is that was- actually a thing? What's a Beaver Scout? Uh, Ian, look Canadian. it up. This is Canadian. Look it up. I was a Beaver Scout. I had a hat, and, the- and they would... They- did they- Roots provide your clothing? They may have. They recognize ranks by different colored beaver tails on the back of your hat. Oh my god! I have a. So wait, was the hat like, like a coonskin hat? Yes, like except a, it was a beaver. Davy Crockett. Hat? No, you know what it was like. You know, you know Gilligan's hat on Gilligan's Island. A fishing mm, hat. Nope. It was kind of like that, but it was it had was blue on top and it had a brown brim. What? Yeah. And what's the beaver tail? The beaver tail was was stapled or something to the back of the hat, like a like a coonskin hat. And, and but they the, wouldn't do a coonskin hat. They would do a Gilligan fisherman's hat. Well, with a beaver tail. A in the back. Were they real beaver tails? No, they were, they were felt, pieces of felt, oh, okay. I think. This did you wear all the ones that you had gotten, or did you change when you got you, you changed promoted? Them. I think this is did true. You, did you keep all of your previous tails? I don't know. I'm not sure. Why didn't you just extend it so it was a longer and longer tail, like you'd staple it to the bottom there, of the last one? There was also a handkerchief that I wore around my neck and a vest. Was, is was this adorable. documented in photographs anywhere? I it probably is. I could probably dig one up, but I don't know. Well, I'm looking up the uniform and I, I would... just see very high socks and very short shorts. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that sounds, sounds about right. right. That sounds about right. Yeah. But do, do you see the hat, Ian? No, I don't actually. You don't see a hat. So what did you get out of it? What did you do? It was like well, I, I, stuff? I remember did you make bridges and help mm-hmm. old ladies. No, I remember going to a gym. Footpaths, a lot of footpaths in Boy Scouts. I don't remember even that. I remember going to a gym and sitting around and talking to people. I remember one time we were at a gym and some kid showed him showed showed around his goalie pads that he had made with his dad, and that was like a show and tell type of thing. But that's it. That's all I remember. What did you get? Badges or patches? I think I did. Did I you re- sell beaver cookies? I don't think I did. It's really a dark not 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 a dark uh, period, you know, like emotionally. But I just don't. I don't have much did recollection you go camping? of it. I don't. I wouldn't have gone camping. Did I don't you think whittle? So. Maybe. But which maybe, which but, age range were you in? I was probably seven. Ooh, you, okay. Why did you don't have any memory of this? No, not really. Do you remember anything beyond the fact that you were in Beaver Scouts, which we aren't even sure is a thing? Well, there was the kid showing off his goalie pads that he made at home. Oh, that's right. Which I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. If for all the you hockey players out there, don't make your own goalie pads at home. I don't think that's safe. Maybe it's for like ball hockey. What did they? Did you make it out of with like foam or? Yeah, I think just foam. Or just feathers. Kevlar. Feathers? I don't know. Maybe just packed something with feathers. It's just like soft. down. Yeah. You know the goalie. You know you you understand that goalie pads aren't there to warm the goalie's leg, right? <laughs> Those are soft. Feathers are soft. Oh. They would they would absorb the puck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Absorb the puck. Michelle, were you a Girl Scouts? I was not a Girl Scout. Did you? Were not uh, a brownie. No, nothing of the kind. Uh, did you join the army at all? At any point? I did not. Okay. Simon, did you sell things in Beaver Scouts? You know, well, um, really just the kid showing off his goalie pads. That's that's really <laughs> the extent. I mean, may, maybe, maybe, 
you like you'll like shake something loose if you ask me <laughs> questions which you know as a good journalist you, you may do but but it's really just the I remember pets. the best you ever kid remember up uh, pets. planting any trees no, no. Uh, you, so spiritual you fellowship you don't remember doing anything of value oh no gosh no i don't think i liked it very much Um, I want to say that this is episode 87 of Various Bread and Butters. To my left is Ben Brickhouse-Cohen. I'm Simon Portman Tonep. Out in the studio, not listening to me right now, is perhaps ever our producer, Michelle-Colton-Simon. And I, I think it's just Will Madison Square Gordon. Um, and a new intern. I don't think he's actually out there right now. Well, I think he will be by the time somebody listens to this. Okay. Um, our new intern is our uh, booking and talent coordination intern, Johnny Gossick. What do what have we settled on his nickname? He seems to be okay with my first guess, which I, was Here's Johnny He didn't Gossick. respond to that. He didn't know that you had offered that. He just called himself Here's Johnny Gossick in an email. Uh, so he's, uh, I was going for more uh, Johnny Cossack Gossick. Johnny Mnemonic Gossick? No, Johnny the Cossack Gossick. Hmm. Because he's Lithuanian, which is pretty close to the Caucasus. What, and where the Cossacks are. Were his, any of his ancestors Cossacks? They could have been. We don't know. Let's go to Ancestry.com, our, our uh, sponsor of the show. It's just this for like 45 minutes, Joel. Mm-hmm. You, you just mentioned Joel. Right across from us, our guest today on episode 87. A very special guest. Very special very guest. Very fortunate. Is um, Lafayette alum, um, current entrepreneur. Would that be a good idea? It's one of my hats. Okay. Sustainability um, advocate, sustainability uh, a professional. So you're pro-sustainability? That's correct. Okay. Uh, Joel Caesar. Joel, how are you doing? I must be excited to be here. I, yeah. See? <laughs> this guy knows. It's like you two are old friends. This guy knows how this guy know how, how's it how it works. Very excited to be here. Long fan of the show. Thanks, man. Like millions <laughs> Thank of others out there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, man. There's there's a lot of episodes. iTunes top rated podcast. Yeah. Tied. So you're a graduate. What what year did you graduate? I graduated in two thousand four. Two thousand four. Can we clear clarify that this is uh, intentional, a little out of sequence? We've had a string of alumni interviews. Mm-hmm. So episode eighty seven, we did episode uh, eighty four and eighty five. Eighty four was our most recent alum, who's our former producer. Eighty five was the oldest alum we knew, class of sixty five, mm-hmm. and we weren't able to arrange it to have you in between the two. So sorry, it's a little out of sequence, but this was all planned. We're going to confuse a lot of long people. long ago. We figured this out. Mm-hmm. So Joel Caesar, class of two thousand four, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yes. Now, Joel, I usually um, you got hard hitting questions. I got real hard hitting questions. This is you didn't you do not know what you signed up for. Um, where'd you grow up? Whitehall, Pennsylvania. Whitehall, Pennsylvania. So you're like a local boy, born and raised in Lehigh Valley. Yeah. Um. Now, now was there was there ever a, a doubt at Lafayette, or was it always Lafayette Lehigh? What was the uh, what was the deal? Oh no, I grew up pro Lehigh. Pro Lehigh. Oh, closer to Bethlehem. Um. Yeah, I played football. Okay. I wanted to go to Lehigh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I ever said that out loud. My, some of my classmates might <laughs> be annoyed by that. You know what? Yeah. They, they won't hear this. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. Well, okay. we'll see. Yeah. We, the producers aren't even listening. <laughs> they are not. No one is listening. No one is listening. Did you did you play football at Lafayette? I did. <laughs> All right. And what was your position? I was wide receiver. Okay. That's that's a lot of running, right? It was. <laughs> and you're I, fast. I used to be. Okay. By record, I guess we couldn't claim we were good. It was... Uh, 
Coach Tavani's first four seasons. I was his first recruiting class. Oh, wow. So it was a rebuilding time, I think, for the program. And uh, we struggled, but we beat Lehigh once. And uh, we had a lot of proud wins here on, on College Hill. Now, do you know any of your stats? I do, oh, sadly. So tell me, how many touchdowns did you score? Oh, do we have to go there? This um, is going to be disappointing. How He's many, just proud that he knows what a touchdown is. How many is. blocked punts did you have? Well, I actually returned punts. Oh, there you go. As a freshman, I returned punts and kicks. Okay. Did you ever return a punt all the way into the end zone? No, you asked if I was fast. I was more quick than fast. <laughs> okay. Probably, you know, why I was uh, at Lafayette. Mm-hmm. Um, I I broke a couple open Okay. as a freshman, mm-hmm. but could not run, get to the end zone. That's okay. That's okay. We're not We're not judging. I mean, Ben and I never got a touchdown in college, although we still both have four years of eligibility, unlike, yes. unlike yourself. I actually wear a red shirt to teach. Oh yeah, good. Just in case. Just in case. You do you know the new? It. We have a new coach. Yes, the college has a new coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, do you keep up with this? Like as a not just an, an alum of the college, but um, a former football player. I do. Yeah, I always got my eyes on the program. Mm-hmm. I know his last name. Last name. Garrett. Right? There you go. Yeah. yeah. Friend of the show, future guest. Yeah, I think so. I think we need to have him on. See, see what, see what's up with Lafayette football. Let's get him on. Let's grill him. Um, what did yeah. you study at Lafayette? I was a double major with government in law and environmental geology. Okay. And that was a, a carefully crafted combo? Like you, you sought to like fold these together? No, I came here thinking I was going to be a lawyer. So the gov law was, I guess, Lafayette's version of free law. Lawyers in the family? No. Just something you wanted? Something my parents thought I would be good at. You know, I, I took geology as a freshman because um, most of the football team took intro to geology, which was referred to as rocks for jocks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I happened to be fascinated by it, and uh, the professor was amazing. And who was your professor? That class it was uh, Professor Germanowski. Oh yeah, Drew Germanowski, Doc G. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I was introduced to the co- the topic of climate change. Mm-hmm. My mind was blown then in two thousand one, and I spent a career trying to figure out how we can maybe try to address it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Wolf, uh, I'm going to skip to the current, but then we'll do backfill because okay. you are the sustainable building advisor in the Office for Sustainability. For the city of Santa Monica. Oh, right. a, Is that cl- correct? That, that was excellent execution. All right. It seems yes. like such a nice city. You been? No, but it seems so nice. You I, know it's actually surrounded by Los Angeles. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. It's probably How did warm, you know it's that? Pro- it's probably warm there right now. You knew that it was surrounded by Los Angeles? I don't. I mean, I don't know. I, I knew that. I hear Santa Monica a lot with movie stars. I thought that was interesting to learn and that other people didn't know that. It's, 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 a, like, it's an enclave? It is an enclave. They, they they would love to call it an enclave, yeah. Mm-hmm. A bedroom community of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ever okay. since uh, Three's Company yep. got very popular. Yeah. Most people identify it because of that. The Ropers. The Ropers. Uh, the Pier. There's a Pier there. Yeah, that, pier. Oh, that's the Santa Monica Pier. Forrest Gump famously turned around. You know, he ran across the country. That's right. Turned about. That's another the, reason people know Santa Monica. The 10 freeway across the whole nation. Yep. Ends at the Santa Monica Pier. And and we talked on a former show that the even numbers interstates <laughs> go left to right. That's called east, east to west. Also that. And the odd numbers go north to south or south to north. And I don't Simon know which. thought that was so interesting the first time but then that he the, logged it. He's like, I'm going to bring this up again. And then the lower because numbers. talking about highway numbers. It's been the whole time talking about highways. It's really I'm good. glad you came out here from Santa Monica to talk about the highway numbers. Where does 10 end on the east coast? <laughs> Now, do you find that when you when you go Sticking when you travel from when, Santa when Monica, I want to talk about highway numbers? Oh no, no, that's not. <laughs> Moving on. When you travel, do you do you do you feel like just for completeness, you have to start at the end of the pier and then start your trip? Always. Okay, yeah, because you just want to really you want to set the odometer to zero and then just go and know exactly how far from the coast you it are. Makes it easy to know where I am, where I I'm like going. That. I think that makes sense. 
In 2001, you began an interest in climate change. In 2017, you're working in the Office for Sustainability at the city of Santa Monica. Is there a connection? <laughs> what happened in between? A double major in gov law, okay. government law, and... Environmental geology. Do government law students ever think they're already a double major because it's government and law? I don't know. You're I don't like think government and law students think that, but other people might think that. Oh, yeah, thanks for also, joining oh, us. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you, are, are you here? Are listening. You have two of us out here who can answer that. <laughs> yeah, we're both gov law. We had given up on you quite a while ago. Yeah. But you can That's talk, reasonable. You, can, you, you may guys, speak. Are you guys planning to be lawyers? Um, probably, probably not. not. Michelle, you're gov law now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I actually have a major now. Yeah, I listen to when Michelle speaks. <laughs> oh, oh. Wow. Nice. When did that come about? Um, I officially declare. Stop crinkling a wrapper to a microphone, Johnny. Um, <laughs> hey, Johnny. I, I officially. Hey, Johnny, book on the show. He Here's Johnny. He-, he doesn't have headphones on. Okay, well. I officially declared like a month ago. Mm-hmm. All right. And w- Will is Will is the editor of the newspaper, so he's going he's gonna to go on to a great career in journalism. So, uh, wait, who did this? Did someone just disagree snork? with did, yeah did someone Chortle. snork yeah chortling out there yeah I, I did laugh at will's expense but it was while making direct eye contact with him oh wow so, so it hurt more well by <laughs> yeah. so after lafayette mm-hmm. where did you go i actually my first job was in new york with a, a lafayette alum i uh, had an externship while i was here so to those interns out there I strongly encourage externships because it led to my first job yeah, so extern uh, ship with an engineering guy um, who runs an environmental remediation firm in Long Island, and um, he was a, he offered me a job when I graduated. Had nothing else going after I graduated, so I moved to Long Island and did that for a year. And had always had a dream to live in California for no real reason except uh, I wanted to live by the beach and learn to surf and kind of be a beach bum. That was that was my post Lafayette goal. Yeah, that's not bad. I actually had uh, I took the LSATs. I had multiple law school applications out there while I was in Long Island. And was thinking of going to law school and decided instead to just get in a car and drive to California and see if I could be a beach bum. The surfing on Lake Wallenpompack is not to your liking? Wow, Lake Wallenpompack. I like that. I have I have Local not reference. surfed Lake Wallenpompack, but I have wakeboarded, which is about the closest thing you can do to surfing on Lake Wallenpompack. Yeah, so you went out to this Santa Monica place and <laughs> are surfing boats? there? Oh, I guess so. I guess so. We Did you some... pick up surfing right away? Did you go right to in Santa all Monica? Honesty, Long own. Island to Santa Monica? No, I moved to another beach city in LA called Hermosa Beach. That's where I was first. Mm-hmm. Was one of the first things I did was bought a board, bought a wetsuit, met a buddy who could teach me, and Amazing. started diving in the you ocean. You were like very like laser dedication to, to that. It was. It yeah. was, a you know, in a lot of ways, no matter what happened in my career after that, and I say this to this day, my life has been a success. I, I, I lived my childhood dream. I always wanted to... I used to go to the Outer Banks when I was a kid with my family in North Carolina and used to have yeah. my fondest memories. I remember being with family there. We'd do it one week a year from Pennsylvania and everyone had the best time. And my aunts and uncles might say, this is amazing. This is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Why don't we live here? And I used to grow up thinking, well, why don't I'm just going to do that. I'm going to live there. That's, and, a, that's uh, a really good point. California, obviously, is one of the few places in the world where you can live a beach style culture year round. And yeah. that's what I went to do. So you've been there more than more than 10 years now. It's going on 12, yeah. yeah. And I've been up and down the coast. I lived in San Francisco for a while, too. Mm-hmm. Now, wait, what is one of your childhood dreams? One of my childhood dreams? Yeah, and have you achieved it? Uh, no, I was going to play second base for the Orioles. Okay, and I was going to get married to Alyssa Milano. And, you know, love, but uh, only former one of those. guest, current wife, friend of the show, Jen. But, you know, that was my dream when I was when I was younger. Seven. What motivated that? Was that who's the boss? Was it who's the boss? Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, people of my age all understand that's that was a thing. Michelle and Will, you haven't had a chance to to not realize your childhood dreams, but what what will they be? Yeah, 
my not real realized childhood dream. Yeah, well, it could be realized. Maybe it was Joel realized for the, this podcast. That's true. That actually was my childhood dream. Yeah, I remember listening to you guys back when I was growing up. So yeah. Yeah. Good, some good episodes. You, good you haven't found then. those lost episodes. All right, good answer. Yeah, mine included working on in some way being involved in like space. So maybe like astrophysicist slash like I knew I couldn't be an astronaut, mm-hmm. but. You know, Wait, why can't you be an astronaut? I broke an arm when I was like oh, two. Oh, why would you do when that? When you were two? They yeah. Don't, is that on Did your you not record? about your future? I, I wasn't <laughs> thinking about my, my future at two. Wait, why why can't you be an astronaut if you broke your arm? Because your bones degrade in space, and so if it's already been broken, it'll, it will re-break. Ugh. Oh, I broke my arm when I was seven, so can I use that as the reason why I didn't become an astronaut? Yes, but I had, also I had, glasses also yeah. disqualify oh. you. Look, I know it doesn't have to be a Lafayette commercial, but mm-hmm. I remember when I was in a Lafayette junior, went to some career. We actually get paid more if you do some of that. Yeah, okay, please. well then. Um, I was a junior or something. I was at a career day, and I remember some, uh, they brought in a bunch of alum to talk about what they do and, and what they studied, and everybody was so bizarre. It was, I studied engineering, but now I'm in theater, or I studied biology, and now I write books, or, you know, just completely diverse yeah. from compared to what they did as mm-hmm. they studied. So, Michelle, uh, I'm not going to say that Government law won't lead to you working in being an astronaut or the field of space, but I don't think it's probably the easy, the most direct route. Yeah. Okay. So, um, that oh, that sets us up. Yeah. We want to hear about more of your route. Yes. You moved out to Santa Monica. Uh-huh. You moved to California. Lived up and down the coast. Learned surf. to surf. Yeah. I'm very carefully not mentioning Stokeshire yet. We'll let that come about when it actually happens chronologically. Mm-hmm. That's the tease. That's the tease. <laughs> so stay tuned. We'll be right back to talk. About Stokeshire. Yeah. If you're just tuning in now, you're Cal- listening to various Cal- breads and butters. California's next biggest startup. You must, you went to grad school. I did. To pursue more background in sustainability studies or sustainable something? Where did you go to grad school? Well, when I so when I started surfing, living in LA, um, I wanted to be a bartender and just beach bum. My idea was just to focus on beach lifestyle, but mm-hmm. it's quickly evident to me, bartending jobs are hard to get in LA. One. And two, Tom uh, Cruise was doing, had them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a hot job, mm-hmm. and uh, it's actually more difficult to get than a, than a so-called real job. Mm-hmm. So I went and got a real job. Worked in a downtown LA high-rise, wearing a suit, sitting in a cube, working on risk analysis for big companies. Doing it was environmental related, but it was, um, it was a corporate job. So I did that for a few years, and it was it was good experience, but not what I envisioned doing with my life. Mm-hmm. So kind of had this altruistic moment where I wanted to figure out uh, how I could do something that I felt more passionate about and I felt would make the world a better place. And um, battling with myself, I was thinking Peace Corps. I was thinking maybe I'll just get my backpack and move to London and or move to Europe and figure something out. I was 27, 28 years old and decided maybe the more constructive route, which is, is going to do something unique with my life, would be grad school. And uh, went to the University of uh, UC Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. Santa Barbara's two hours north of LA. Beautiful place, beautiful campus. I've heard and good things. They have a school there called the Bren School of Environmental Science and Management. It's one of four programs in the country that combines a multidisciplinary approach of physical environmental science with economics, business, and politics. Mm-hmm. And it's a two-year program. And um, yeah, that kind of led me into the field of green building, which is what I do now for the city of Santa Monica. How were you prepared to to do that for the city of Santa Monica? Was it right out of school? At the at the Bren School, you spend your your summer in between the two years doing an internship, and I had an internship in London, um, where at the time, um, well, and still today, it's kind of the Europe, London specifically, is a little bit more progressive with their um, 
pursuit of resource efficient design, green building mm -hmm. design, urbanization. So I had this really great internship with a green building consulting firm in London and really loved the work and um, came back to my second year, finished my thesis, which was based on uh, how green buildings are predicted to perform, to how they actually perform, and wanted to go back to consulting, wanted to go back to that firm in London, had some visa trouble, so I wasn't able to move to London, sadly, mm -hmm. and uh, ended up looking elsewhere and found a job in San Francisco working for a big construction management firm, working on... Uh, they're extending the BART system. So BART is the Bay Area Rapid Transit, the commuter system of San Francisco. And it was a $1 billion project, which the project required someone on, on the staff of the construction firm have sustainability expertise. And I was fortunate enough to get that job. Really great experience working on a very large construction infrastructure project in San Francisco. And then my wife, uh, also Lafayette alum, fan of the show. Yes, of course. She works in fashion and we decided we wanted to get back down to LA uh, where it would be better for her career as well. And, uh, so did you all met here and then she we, was part of this Long Island to California? Not the whole time. Drive? Yeah. You know, I'm sure she's, she's not going to love me, Aaron, our, our laundry here to millions, but, uh, That's what people want to hear, you know, we, we met as seniors late in our time at Lafayette. So mm -hmm. we didn't really date here. Uh, but we stayed in touch and she had dreams to live in New York city and pursue a fashion career, which she's done incredibly. And she's got her own amazing story. So I encourage you to bring her on at some point. Future guest. I feel, feel that. But yeah, she joined me years later in Los Angeles before I went to grad school. Mm -hmm. That's a good story. Um, this is what I know about sustainable buildings. I know lead silver, uh, lead gold, lead platinum, net zero. Are those the... Are is those there no lead bronze? Is there lead bronze? There is no lead bronze. How did I know this? That's right? pretty yeah. good, actually. I, was, I went to a talk about the new uh, integrated sciences um, center. The VB building. The VB building and the new dorm they're, they're building here. Rights. They're going to name it after us. Really? Mm -hmm. That's impressive. Heard, if, Michelle's, I, I, if Michelle's parents keep donating on our behalf, we think eventually we think we fill that coffer. It's going to happen. Do you have a specialty within sustainable building? Like, do you like green roofs? Do you, uh, is it a lot of passive design? Is it material choice? It's interesting. My master's thesis was based on energy. It was looking at how buildings are predicted to perform. They use uh, modeling software mm -hmm. to compared to how they actually perform. So I guess energy was my first designated expertise into this world. And as I've moved in my career, my expertise, or at least what I specialize in, I think has appropriately changed. And Santa Monica has its own unique climate, its own unique challenges, has a lot of reasons that buildings should be very green there, which is why they hire someone like me, because the climate's really mod moderate. Mm -hmm. Temperature rarely varies around 70 degrees. There's no humidity, so it's not difficult to heat and cool the building. And uh, we get a lot of sunlight, so if we orient the building the correct way, we shouldn't have to use electric light. We can harvest daylight successfully, and um, you know, the renewable energy is really productive because of the constant sun that's always there available in Santa Monica. The challenge, though, is water, as I'm, I'm yes. sure you guys might have heard in the last few years. Uh, it's often described as a, as a biblical drought mm -hmm. happening in California, and it's been really fascinating to be in the heart of a place, a city, whose responsibility for managing water resources during this time when California, until this winter, was really looking at um, some pretty dire circumstances if we didn't get the rain we just got. And not just dire circumstances in the short term, but just thinking long term as more and more people are moving to California and beautiful place like Santa Monica, how can we grow? How can we thrive? And how can we continue to allow development at the scale it wants to happen naturally when we're running out of water? But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, we're working on some pretty cool projects that we think can address it. Well, we had a um, friend of the show, past guest, Andrea Armstrong, on here, who's the professor in the Environmental Studies Department. Yes, um, also my partner prof for WA. Also your partner prof for WA? Mm -hmm. I don't know what that means. Well, <laughs> were those words? Yeah. My partner prof for WA. I am her class's writing associate. Okay, your oh, okay. partner professor. 
as a writing associate. There we go. And we, we reduced that to my partner prof for walk. So I learned about, uh, what did I learn about? Runoffs? No, the, the uh, watersheds. Watersheds, yes. I did. Simon learned what a watershed is. Yep. And there's not many watersheds. Don't go chasing watersheds. Yeah, you probably shouldn't. There's, there's not many watersheds. It's an important environmental system. It is, absolutely. And water tables, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. I actually saw a really great map recently because I, I I do a lot of work with the Surfrider Foundation. Mm -hmm. It's a it's an international nonprofit dedicated to conserving the world's ocean waves and beaches, and we often talk to people. Of course, we want to clean the beach. Of course, we want to focus on issues that are very real and tangible to the the ocean that people are familiar with. But we often talk about the ideas that think about it as a watershed. Mm. People as far inland as you can go can impact the health of our beaches and the health of our ocean. And I saw a great map recently the country would be a lot easier to manage our resources if you, instead of state boundaries, you dedicate the boundaries by watershed. Mm -hmm. So everyone kind of had the same mindset within that watershed that their resources were all related. Well, and not, not to get political, but I will. Um, there was, there was, I believe currently they're, they're considering whether the, the environment environmental protection. Why do I think this comment is going to end with a comic book reference? It's not. Whether, whether the Environmental Protection Agency, a federal agency, is needed because why not just leave it up to the states to decide their environmental yeah. um, issues? But with things like watersheds, you know, one state can be dumping into a river and it will affect many other states, yeah. which is why one might argue you need more. Yeah. Um, with pretty much anything environmental, it turns out yes. that most of those systems don't obey political borders. Yes. Yeah. I was telling Ben the other day, we're working on our own super green building, like the Integrated Science Center, the city's going to build. And uh, we're targeting what we think might be the world's greenest building if we achieve what we're endeavoring to achieve. So there's LEED, and now there's this new green building system called the Living Building Challenge. It's mm -hmm. the next frontier of, yeah. of green building systems. There's only 11 buildings in the world that have achieved this level of certification. And amongst a variety of different attributes the, and design strategies the building must meet to achieve this target, it has to be net zero energy and it has to be net zero water. So it has to be self-sufficient. Wow. And uh, the building might be a little bit more expensive from a capital cost standpoint, so we're doing a lot of justification to the taxpayers of Santa Monica as to why this is important. And one of the reasons is, in the event of an earthquake, we have an essential services building that is in our city civic center where the community can go to and rely on that bathrooms will continue to work, there will continue to be potable water, and there will continue to be energy wow. no matter how much of the grid or the sewer system or the water distribution system is impacted. That's neat. And you use the phrase too, like pre, um, you, you're designing it for pre-Columbian hydrology? Yeah, so when you use the term net zero water, um, oftentimes people think, okay, so you're sourcing your water from precipitation or the recycling of water inside mm -hmm. the building without chemicals. But it's more about just not just sourcing the water appropriately, but designing the site so that it does not impact its surrounding neighbors in any way with its excess water. Yes. So you have to de you have the building should be built, the site should be designed so that you meet pre-Columbian hydrology, which means it should be the same way it was before Europeans ever got there and disrupted wow. the land. I, I, I do know that when we're talking about the new buildings being built, one of the issues was covering drainable. What, what, what is the word for that? When you, when you obviously, you pervious know, surfaces, pervious surfaces. Yeah. That, that, that was an issue of like, once you cover uh, a surface that, you know, water would net, would normally drain into, you've got to find other ways of getting the water to Good drain for a, a green roof. Great reason for a green roof. And, you know, I, I speak at conferences about this building and about things we do in Santa Monica, and, and oftentimes it's to national crowds, it's mm -hmm. conferences across the country. And I often relate back to what I know about the environment here in the Lehigh Valley and the Northeast and the different climate zones. And 
a lot of people probably don't even know. I'd love to ask, actually ask the interns, do you know where your water comes from, where you're from or at Lafayette? Do you know what the source of your drinking water is? I currently have a bottle. Interns, what do you think? I have a well. Uh, well, here, yes, because I'm taking a geology class now where we're talking about it. And back home, yes, because like the New York, my high school taught us about the New York City water system. Well, this is Lafayette's finest. That's, there, uh, yeah, that's what they know. We only hire the finest. Yeah. How about Johnny? Does Johnny know? I have no idea. Okay, let's, let's Chesapeake Bay. Cause I'm from Maryland. I don't know. Let's teach Johnny. What do we think? I doubt you get the potable water from the Chesapeake Bay, but probably then your not. your stormwater runoff, your sewage probably ends up there. And so, even in places, because oftentimes they say, okay, you should do a net zero water building in Santa Monica because you're in a drought and you should be as water efficient as you can. But in Pennsylvania, we get enough water. We don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. But that's that's not true. If we managed water better, if we had the same tactics in Pennsylvania that we're thinking about using in Los Angeles, the rivers that our sewage and stormwater ends up in would be healthier. The ponds and the groundwater systems where we source our gra- our water from for potable resources would be healthier and more longer lasting and more resilient. So I don't think it's really people places that think they have enough water mm-hmm. should still be concerned about using the strategies that were that are being developed in places that don't like Australia and Israel and California. Mm-hmm. Um, how far along is this building? We are just finishing design. We hope to break ground in in June. We'll probably all go out there. I don't know when he's inviting us, but we'll let you know ahead of time mm-hmm. for the field trip. Yeah. And I uh, guess... Sam's going to take I-10. I'm going to fly. Maybe we, maybe we can film a live episode. <sighs> yes. That would be good. I don't think we're ready to be live yet. Um, although the, Sam and I did take a Segway workshop recently. I don't have a good Segway to ask about how that uh, brought you to work on your startup, your uh, Stoke Share, which I'm very interested to hear more about. Yes, let's go. Okay. Well, I was working in San Francisco for a few years, like I said, and uh, was in the green building field, just uh, networking a lot with other professionals that are concerned about sustainability. And what often happens in in the field of sustainability is people like the outdoors and they spend a lot of time in nature. And I uh, ended up networking with a group of guys who surfed and work in green building. So we used to surf in San Francisco, which is a very rugged place to surf, and uh, met a guy who became one of my best friends and my now business partner. We were surfing one time in Ocean Beach, a famous breakout in front of city of san francisco and we were talking about other things we always wanted to do i always wanted to spearfish mm-hmm. we always wanted a whitewater kayak i always wanted to kite surf sports that aren't they're not just sports you can just walk into a sporting goods store and say hey i'm going kite surfing i'm going spearfishing so we looked out at san francisco the, the, the most forward-thinking tech city in the world and this was around the time where airbnb and uber were just starting to take off so mm-hmm. this concept of the sharing economy was was still new and we decided we were going to try to address our own problem of trying to get into new sports where the gear is expensive and the know-how is difficult to access, utilize the resources in this great city of San Francisco to help us launch a website. Mm-hmm. And two guys that really had no tech background launched a website that we now call Stoke Share. Mm-hmm. And um, the idea is it's like Airbnb meets REI. And I guess REI, I don't know if there's REIs here on the East Coast. It's, yeah. a, it's a sporting goods. I know there are in North Carolina, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we have REIs. Okay. okay. So yeah, we, we often say Airbnb meets REI, but it's it's a sharing economy. It's peer-to-peer. So individuals you and i could i'd rent your kayak Mm -hmm. you could rent my camping gear Mm -hmm. you could rent your snowboard you could rent my surfboard so it's this concept of uh one of our our slogans is own less do more so Mm -hmm. we want people to be able to access nature and try new things while um doing that through accessing other people's underutilized assets and um in a very efficient way we can allow micro entrepreneurship from people's gear that's sitting around in their garage collecting dust and allow people who otherwise might try something they always dreamed of doing to do so in an easy way by, yeah, meeting, by meeting their neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how old is the company now? We've been operational. The website's been up for about two years. 
There's actually people in 10 different countries, and we think probably about 18 different states at this point. How do you have the time to do it? Well, I get two jobs. keep myself pretty busy. It's, um, but it, what's cool about it is um, as the, in 2017, yeah, launching a website has never been easier. Running a business has never been easier. We do, we do a we're lot often, of outsourcing. We're often sponsored by Squarespace.com. Yep, offer code VBB and get a free error message. If folks go on Stokeshare and put an offer code VBB, what can they expect? I think we can, we can work can something man, out. Can you do that free we, error message? Free error message. Maybe we do a free yeah. rental. Whoa. 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 We're, we're in, that's too much pressure. We don't, we don't want to, we don't want that to happen. Um, you know what I always, you know what I always wanted to do when I was here at Lafayette? Hmm. We, we used to go, um, we used to go out on the Delaware and swim across and there's some pretty cool rope swings on the New Jersey side right (laughs) around here in Easton. And I always, there was a buddy of mine, we always wanted to kayak down the spillway where the Lehigh comes into the Delaware. Yeah. Yeah. We, back then I never had the, I was about to use a bad word. Yeah. yeah. Never had the. We'll bleep it out. Stones to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, now a little bit with some of my experience surfing in the West Coast, I yeah, think uh, I think my be- so maybe I, maybe we can rent a kayak through Stokeshare from someone here. Someone in Easton's got to have a kayak. I would think so. Right? We could yeah. bomb, we could bomb the spillway. Yeah, I like that idea. I've never kayaked before. I've never bombed spillways. I bombed my... spillways a lot. Have you? So it's not a big deal. I'm oh, okay. always bombing spillways. <laughs> so you could teach me how to bomb a spillway. Yeah, I can okay. show you how to bomb a spillway. I wonder what your favorite music was. At age 10, at age 20, at age 30. You can start with 10. Age 10. So I, I was born in 1981, so I guess 91, 92. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think 92 triggers easy for me. It was uh, the the explosion of gangster rap from mm-hmm. the West Coast. I remember That's just... Two, this is two guests in a row. Being in love with the, the chronic from Dr. Dre. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it made it all the way to Allentown. It made it all the way to Whitehall. Yeah. There was, no, was there an Allentown sound? There was uh, <laughs> There was a lot of kids at Whitehall High School who thought they were Dr. Dre. Interesting. <laughs> were, you, were you included among them? Uh, sadly. You yeah. could probably That's see okay. some photos of me trying to look like I was easy. Okay. 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 Did, you, did you have? Uh, did you rush out and get a? Were you still? Were these tapes or were those CDs by then? They were CDs. Still, they were still tapes. And well, actually, I remember specifically having the, the Chronic CD. Mm-hmm. I know I can see the case like it's like it was yesterday. <laughs> All right, there you go. Now, how did this change when your age doubled? So when I was twenty. I was here. Mm-hmm. So I was impressed by my math. That was good. I would have been around two thousand one, two thousand two. Uh, well, actually, I remember one of my favorite, one of my my earliest great memories of going to a live concert was in Scranton seeing incubus live oh wow and it was their morning view album so i, I loved incubus mm-hmm. that was an amazing concert you still love them? i do i don't i they actually just came out with a new album which i haven't even checked out yet because i was disappointed with their last album but I, those first few albums i still love okay and you- morning view actually they they're from malibu so i i surf out in front of this spot that morning view was the name of their famous album and it's because it's the name of a surf spot where they were from in Malibu. So I, you know, sometimes drive right by it. Uh, now age thirty, one point five, one point five, age thirty. So, so I was in graduate school at UC Santa Barbara. The fighting surfers, the gauchos, actually. The gauchos. You know what a gaucho is? Uh, a cowboy, mm-hmm. Spanish cowboy. It's Spanish, Spanish cowboy. Spanish yeah, I think yeah. they, Mexican banana cowboys. slugs was taken. Santa Cruz got yeah, to it first. I was gonna say banana but, slugs. So all the you, Santa Barbara, it's a UC. All the UCs have uh, unique names. There's mm-hmm. the banana slugs. The UC Irvine's the ant eaters. I think. Oh wow. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah, there's some good ones. So age thirty, um, my wife's gonna make fun of me for this, but uh, 
I, I was 30 years old on a You're college, still listening to Hootie and the Bluefish. I was on a college campus and I was impacted by the kids mm-hmm. and they were uh, listening to dubstep and, uh, and house music. So I, I kind of, I, I right. have a little bit of an affinity as a 30 year old being at some UC Santa Barbara parties listening to okay, dubstep. Just, just in, <laughs> uh, and for respect for that, can we just all take a moment and wait for the drop? Okay, we're good. <laughs> Would you consider yourself a a big music fan? Is it part of your life? Do you you devoted to it? You're always trying to listen. I'm actually very I'm fortunate enough. I, I live in Venice Beach, which is uh, the, the beach town adjacent to Santa Monica. So my commute to work. A lot of people a, work out there. There's a lot of yes, they do. a lot of barbells. Mm-hmm. Arnold used to work out right there. So my my commute is a bike ride from Venice up the beach bike path to Santa Monica. I do not like the sound of that. I got the, I got the, head, I got the headphones in, either listening to the VBB podcast, of course. Yes, right. Yes. But since I, I banged through those so quickly. Did that, you ever run into Fletch when you were riding that? I remember that. Wasn't he on was, that path? Was that a little before my time? Is that, it, is it that was Chevy Chase? Before, yes. Yeah. yeah. But it was before your time. And, and it's also not a great reference. So there's Oh, come there. on. <laughs> Fletch is roller skating down the beach. He was, yes. That was a that was a scene in the movie. That yeah. was a central feature of the movie. Well, All the drug running was happening on that beach. Man, you know the plot of the movie too. <laughs> I mean, sorry, you remember the plot of the movie? Yeah. Have you not seen it recently? I was more a Fletch Lives fan. Oh, come on, <laughs> ride the bike to work every day. That's pretty nice. I know. Well, um, are you also available for a quiz? We have a quiz for you. We do have a quiz. Did you know there'd be a quiz? I yes. I will not say I'm ready, but I guess I'm here, so we're yeah. gonna do it. All right, we have a quiz today. All right, here's the quiz. Okay. Are these um, top-rated surfing spots or not? So this is a real or not quiz. Okay. Are these really top-rated surfing locations? They're not top-rated surfing locations or Canadians? No. Okay. <laughs> are they top-rated surfing spots or not? Are, are you not. Are you Canadian? I am Canadian, yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We it's have to pretty... apologize a lot for that's that. That's where the comedy comes from? That's why it's so funny? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What do we got? Top-rated surfing. This right. is easy. The when first I, one when is... I, when I was at Lafayette, though, just so you know, the, our quarterback... Started all four years was a Canadian guy. I thought you were going to say when I was at Lafayette, we didn't allow Canadians. Hmm. What was his name? His name was Marco Glavich. <gasps> he's going to love the name drop too. He's he might still be the school's all-time leading passer. Oh, I hope he's a fan of the show. Did he play in the CFL at all? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he did. Okay, he well. probably could have. You two still in touch? He, yeah, I was at his wedding in Toronto a couple I, years ago. All right, see? I'm a friend I, of the show. I don't, I don't know Marco, but I'm from Toronto. So. All right, Marco, thanks for listening. Yeah, good yeah. job. I see you on the record books. Yep. Thanks, Marco. Thanks. Go Canada. Yeah. Go, go Canada. There you go. There All right. Go. So we're going to go around, and the first one is just to check that everybody understands the rules. Is this a, a real top-rated sporting uh, surfing spot or not? Okay. Uh, Oahu, Hawaii. I would have to think so. Oahu, that, that's a very good surfing spot. Famously. Many people know about it. Michelle and Johnny, what do we think? I'll go yes. Okay. I would say yes as well. Okay. Yes. Cool. Yes. See, yes. All right. Now you understand. That's just to set the standard there. Easy. It's the North Shore, one of the greatest... Best spots in the world. North big, Shore. Big waves. Big, big waves. waves. Really big. Mm-hmm. Number two, uh, the Gold Coast of Australia. The Gold Coast of Australia. That's you, around Brisbane. the Melbourne area. No. Brisbane. No. Other side of the, of the continent. It's up probably. in the middle on the east. A- east Coast? Really? East Coast, yeah. I was just there. Didn't Mostly stayed in the Sydney area. My sister lived there before they moved to that's, that's Vietnam. Tr- that's correct. Gold Coast. Um, Gold you might, Coast. You might think you're imagining there's a lot of uh, rocky like gold nuggets and might not be good. Nope. But I'm going to say it is a surfing spot. What do we think, Michelle and Johnny? I'll yes. go yes. Yep. Okay, Joel. Yes. Another one of the best. Another one of the best. Even I knew that. I didn't even have to look those two up. I was like, I know these. It, and it's definitely on the east coast of Australia. You're sure about that? Yeah. Okay. I'm sure little, about that. little sharkier than Oahu. 
Ooh, still very sharkier. Fun. All right, next one is the Maldives. The Maldives. You know what? I think the Maldives. When I think you know of where the they Maldives, are? I think that yeah, they're they're sort of in the old Pacific, um, Atlantic, Indian Ocean. Um, <laughs> and I I see the Maldives as a place where there are like really cool resorts, but I don't see a lot of waves there. Not in not in my mind's eye. So it's I'm got, gonna say no. It's got two thousand islands. Well, oh, that's why it's not just Maldives. Right. Oh, um, but I'm going to say no. What do we think, Michelle and Johnny? I'll go yes. I think yes as well. Oh, Joel. Yes. Yes, and uh, also I was just watching a documentary called The Island President, which I don't know if you know this, We Joel. watched that in my one of my international relations classes in high school, or my single international relations class We watched in high it school. for uh, environmental justice, because he was the president, uh, Nasheed, of the Maldives, was leading the international charge uh, to, to fight rise. climate change. Yeah. Yes, his islands are going underwater, and they are dealing with it directly, immediately. Mm-hmm. Then wasn't he arrested again? Yeah, and then, right, at the end of the film, they show how, it's a whole story about how they had this dictator for 30 years, and then they had this uh, democratic uprising that overthrew this guy who was clearly you know, a horrible dictator, and Nasheed came back after he had been like in solitary confinement and in prison and, and rose to be the president and led this environmental charge, and then at the end of the movie, they note, um, after this, uh, there was a coup, and he was arrested or deposed, and... Now I think uh, he's in jail again. Yeah. Wow. What's the name of the documentary? The Island President. I'll in fact, Michelle, I had before the movie was over, I had uh, Googled. I was like, I wonder how this turns. How's it turning out? How's it working not out? Well. Spoiler alert. Right. Yeah, and spoilers, also, it's not particularly great for him. Yeah, but it's a big uh, resort place. In fact, they have apparently thrown out their um, going carbon neutral goal, which he set in place, and instead replaced it with, "We're going to sell islands to the Saudis and make money that way." And just build up more fancy hotels, and that's how we're going to be fine. So we'll just relocate everybody on the riches we get from selling off our islands instead of maintaining our island nation by going carbon neutral and yeah. developing sustainable systems and hiring Joel to come down and build us all our buildings. All right, yeah. famous surfing spots. Okay. Next one, BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed. You won't believe what number four <laughs> is. Um, I'm going to say no, that is not a surfing spot. Michelle and Johnny? Johnny has stepped out, but I'm going to say yes for web surfing. And what would, what would, oh, that's, that's funny. Um, what would Johnny say, do you think, Michelle? Uh, I'm going to say that he would also, he would say no. Yeah, because you want him to get it wrong. Because, Good I mean, my, I don't think he was going to take the same joke you, I was going to make. You win at any cost, Michelle. Thank you. There you go. What do we think, Joel? So I, I was going to answer literally and say no. Mm-hmm. I'm not as savvy as Michelle, sounds mm-hmm. like. I was going to say, I was planning to count Michelle's answer as the correct one, since it is a famous surfing spot. I did not designate that this had to be uh, Aquarians surfing. <laughs> why, do we, why do we keep using the surfing the web thing? That seems so old, man. Yeah, I don't know. Should we stop that? Can we all How do you agree? feel about that as a surfer? Yeah. Like, gets... People are like, oh yeah, I'm a surfer too. Ugh. It's annoying when you see the commercial, they try to do the analogy. Yeah, it's not, let's stop it. Where did it come from? Well, why would, why would clicking on different sites be, this is surfing? Because there's a there, there was an image of you know that. <laughs> well, maybe with the reach of this podcast, you have the ability to shut that down once yeah. and for all. Yeah, I'm gonna say it. Shut it down. Shut her down. All right, I got the next. No more one. surfing the web. Uh, Muscle Shoals. Muscle Shoals. I believe that was more of a recording studio in the South rather than a surfing destination. I'm gonna say no, Michelle. I'm also going to say no. Johnny is back, by the way. Johnny, Muscle Shoals, surfing spot? I think it's a surfing spot. Okay. What do you think, Joel? 
Muscle Shoals is a surfing spot in Ventura that I have surfed at. But I thought it was on Muscle Shoals Records. I know. Well, I'm going to change my answer because I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, did you? I just thought Muscle Shoals, which I know from Tennessee, I thought sounded like a really surfing kind of place. Mm-hmm. Little did I know that, it actually that apparently is. it actually is. Oh, these are the worst quizzes. You could actually, no, I mean, you could actually record for once uh, there was an inaccuracy in a quiz. For just this yeah, one time. Just <laughs> Episode this one 87. Time. Oh. Stop yourself. This is uh, embarrassing. Cloud Nine, Philippines. Wow. Cloud Nine, Philippines. I'm going to say that's an opium den and not a <laughs> surfing spot. What do we think, Michelle and Johnny? I'll go yes. Yeah, it sounds like one. I, I don't know it. I'm going to say no. It's a yes. Really? Cloud Nine, Philippines. Ah, okay. Okay. Go check it out. Yeah. There you go. How about Cloud Break, Fiji? Cloud Break, Fiji. Again, Fiji, I just see those resorts where they have those little those huts. little huts on the on the water. And then Maldives definitely have those. Yeah, yeah okay. So so I was right. But but see when I see those, I don't see surfing. I just see because if there's because a lot the of waves, waves there, crash into them. You don't yeah. want that. So I'm gonna say what was the question? Cloud break. Cloud break. Fiji. What why are you stalling so long on this? I'm gonna say yes, sure. Michelle, <laughs> Johnny, what do we think? Cloud break. Fiji. I'm gonna go no. Probably not. One of the world's best. One of the world's best. Yeah, guys. What were you, you thinking? From Jewel. Ugh. Cloud break. Cloud break. It's got the word break in it. Yeah, right. And right. Cloud. Cloud Atlas, Mitchell Islands. Cloud Atlas. It's not a surfing space. Mitchell Islands? Definitely going to go no. Where are the Mitchell Islands? Johnny, what do we think? I think so. Okay. <laughs> Joel? Johnny's great. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to say no. Yeah. Uh, David Mitchell is the author. Cloud Atlas, probably the best novel of this century. Not a great film, though, I heard. No, I didn't see the film. I didn't want to tarnish the uh, absolute ge- genius of the of the book. I saw the film, didn't read the book, which I know is a, the wrong thing to do. Right. So what did you think? I, um, I, I like the, I don't think the film was very amazingly done apparently to, uh, compared to the book, but I love the concept. The book's probably amazing about this living in alternative universes yeah. idea, seeing your future self and living in the next life. Hmm. Profound. Maybe I'll but, read it. But I'll don't, probably watch it. But don't surf there. Okay. Uh, all right. The Lila Garrity Coast Break. The Lila Garrity Coast Break. Did you go to high school? Did you go to high school with Lila Garrity? With Lila Garrity. The Lila Garrity Coast Break. Coast Break. I'm going to say no. Lila Garrity Coast. I feel like this is a joke that I'm missing out on. So I'm just going to go no. Join the club, Michelle. Join the club. Johnny? Uh, No. Okay. Joel? Lila Garrity is not a surf break, but she is the famous protagonist. Beauty in Friday Night Lights. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes, How did that course, come back of in? Of course that is. <laughs> is play, played by Connie Britton? Played by Minka Kelly. Played by Minka Kelly. Former girlfriend of De- uh, Derek Jeter. Oh. oh. Okay. Good. Yeah. And uh, that doesn't have anything to do with football. No. She's a cheerleader. It's okay. all about cheerleading. Oh, I, maybe I will watch that. Then. Is there a podcast that's just about Friday Night Lights? I think this is it. Is it is I this, think this, this is it. They, uh, yeah, because the next one is okay. Saracen Break, Dylan Beach. I that's another clearly a Friday Night Lice reference. Yes, yeah. exactly. Because no. he was mentioned in the last episode. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Dylan Texas, Matt Saracen. I'm just finding ways to talk more about Friday Night Lice. How do you not get that? Matt Saracen mm-hmm. was a great player too. He played receiver and quarterback, and he came in when Street got uh, injured, or when the he lost his job in the last se- season or the season before to right. the hot shot young kid. But then he came in the state final and almost saved him. Um, you should be surprised. It took me all this time to get to the, the last one here. The Johnny Utah. Give me two. Beachhead. Michelle. No. Johnny. How could, how could no, you do a surf thing without any point break reference? I might really, I might be in California because of a dream of being Johnny Utah. You know, he was a football player from Ohio. I love point break. 
And I have a very strong affinity to Point Break. Okay. I, I get made fun of for how much I love Point Break. Wow. Did you know that Keanu Reeves has not aged since his original role in Point Break? Not once. Not his age. Not one year. <laughs> There's a, you, in LA, I don't think they have it anymore. And I, I think you might be able to see it in New York. You, mm-hmm. can, you can go to a Point Break live performance. A it's live a, performance? Like do they rob banks? Dinner theater? They do a live performance and it's very audience interactive. They give you a poncho because... Do you get to wear a Nixon water. mask? No, the best part of it though you love is they make fun of how terrible of an actor Keanu was in the movie. Hmm. So in the play, they choose someone from the audience to participate and play Johnny Utah the whole play. Oh. So on my 30th birthday, I went to Point Break Live. Uh-huh. My wife surprised me. <laughs> yeah. And I was I auditioned. I went up on stage. And I almost got to play Johnny Utah. In a, but you weren't play. bad enough. I wasn't bad enough. <laughs> that, that, that experience... <laughs> Sounds like that would be the worst thing that I would ever participate in. <laughs> All right. Okay. You had a question. Simon. Yeah. Um, tell me about your feelings on Friday and Sunday. You had to you, choose which one. Which do you prefer? I like Friday. You like Friday? Have you always liked Friday? I have. And are, are you, are you mostly like a five day a week kind of person? This guy's running two companies. I know, but, but generally five days jobs. a week. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's because like Ben said, uh, it's, 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 really non-stop for me at the moment but mm-hmm. it's all things i enjoy and i'm passionate about so you know that, yeah. i guess the idea is doesn't none of it feels like work so so what is so what is it about friday like sunday is typically a day of rest friday is typically a work day what is, what is the uh deal with friday i right. like the uh, anticipation of the weekend the, the excitement of what's to come you're not not the, not the well it's uh, easing into the coming monday mm-hmm. i get it the ancillary question to that is what are your feelings on black licorice as a candy i have a strange relationship with black licorice oh interesting i used to fit, used to go fishing in the poconos my whole life with my with some of my family members my brothers and my dad mm-hmm. and um you know, we used to go on boats so it was a lake where we'd go out on a boat okay and um, some of my dad's friends over the years would be hung over mm-hmm. in the morning when we went fishing okay and they would do something called chumming Ooh, the water okay and black licorice was a specific memory of seeing that in the chum of the fishing so not a fan of black licorice no oh because good. of that association our science Very random, suggests that th- that no the fact that you would be a friday person means you don't like black licorice we don't say why you don't like black licorice but you're not a black licorice fan yeah sunday people tend to prefer black licorice. Oh. is there a strong correlation here you guys yeah. have established huge it? we actually oh, yeah. have thousands of okay. All kinds of chi squares. It's very. It's a we'll pretty complex. Yeah, we 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 have papers. Well, let's help this guy get out of here. Yeah, absolutely. We've, Joel, trapped, we've trapped him long enough. Thank you so much for being on the show. This was a this has been an amazing type of um, interview. I really enjoyed it quite yes. a bit. It worked thank out you. Well, it's been a pleasure. I, I really to meet you guys it. too. Yes. Um. And you can follow us uh, at some later date on Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook. You can you can listen to our playlists on Spotify. Joe, where can they follow you? What give me give give all the various websites you have. You can follow me personally on Twitter. It's real Joel Caesar, mm-hmm. as opposed to the many uh, parody accounts that are yeah, out there. Absolutely, <laughs> I had to preempt them. Mm-hmm. So, real Joel Caesar at Twitter, and um, you you can find my company Stokeshare. We're active on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Snapchat. It's okay. just at Stokeshare everywhere. I and, like uh, that. I encourage the users to join us at Stokeshare.com. Do that. Yeah. So, support a Lafayette alum entrepreneur. Uh, I'm I'm 100 for that. I'm gonna go hang gliding later. <laughs> okay, it's you're, good stuff. You're gonna you're gonna bomb the spillway eventually. <laughs> of course, <Yes. laughs> we're gonna bomb the spillway. That yes. is. Thank you very much, Joel. Headphones off. Headphones off.
you're in California, have been for a while, and you're from the Lehigh Valley, and so when you refer, you make the reference to us, like, oh, you grew up in Whitehall, we know where that is, you know, by Bethlehem and Allentown. But how do you describe, or do people have any sense of what you mean when you say, I'm from Lehigh Valley, or I went to Lafayette? Like, how many steps do you have to go in before, like, oh, now I know what you're talking about? It's it's hard. Yeah. I, I, I don't say Whitehall. I usually say Allentown, because that gives yeah. it a better shot. And then, Billy Joel. They sing yeah, the song. and that's what you always get. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, you're you're from that place where Billy Joel sang the depressing song about. Mm-hmm. Yep. And well, what, then I get, where's that? Oh, it's our north of Philly. So it's usually a couple steps away. And then Lafayette is, sadly... People haven't heard of it. People that people often know somehow know it links Lehigh. It's like, oh, I've heard. Is that near Lehigh? Yeah. Mm. Well, we're pretty famous in uh, Utah and Holland. A lot uh, of people the, know Lafayette. Oh from yeah. Those two. Yeah. Places. There's at least three people in Vietnam. That being said, mm-hmm. the first job I got, I worked for AIG in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Back then, it was 2005. It was right before they crashed the world's economy. It was the <laughs> very. Tip- were you there? Did you help? <laughs> Thanks, AIG. <laughs> the, the, the division I was in did not crash the world's economy, but. Uh, it was not an easy place to get a job, and my boss, who um, grew up in Japan, actually knew Lafayette. When I interviewed, he's like, oh, I was thinking about going there, because you get a lot of people from even California and, and Europe and, I guess, Asia as well, who they want a traditional Northeast liberal arts college, mm-hmm. and sometimes Lafayette checks that box, and luckily this guy I interviewed with happened to hear of us. And I'll say this, it's, you know, 15 years after you started at Lafayette now, right? Am I doing my math correctly? Yes, sure. The, the, the college is starting to diversify geographically, getting more places domestically in the United States. Not to more mention, students. broadcasting-wise, the number of podcasts compared to when you were here oh, yeah. really exploded. It's infinitely more, I believe, if the math is correct. <laughs> right. it's, yeah. actually, it's putting it on the map. Yeah, it really, <laughs> yes. it really is. So we're, you know... I guess I should have answered that differently when people ask Lehigh Valley, East and Lafayette. Yeah. That's, that's where VBB is. Oh! Exactly. Home office. Yes. Wow. Got it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've taken to saying, actually, it's easy to say north of Philly because we're in the same state. I, I do the west of New York because mm. it's, it's, it's just, it's just I think my, even on one, even on the first episode of our new run, uh-huh. three, I think right off the bat, Renan noted, he says it's halfway between New York and Philly, but not in the middle. Yeah. Mm. yeah. To distinguish it from Princeton. It's the corner of the triangle. Well, the Lehigh Valley, too, I often tell people... Because California and Los Angeles have people from around the country. There's not a lot of native yeah. Angelinos, mm-hmm. at least first generation. Say, well, even if, you had, if you're from Chicago or the Midwest and you didn't hear the Lehigh Valley, you're from anywhere, it's from the South. You can say, Lehigh Valley built this country. This is where the steel, this is where the cement. That's this right. Is the, this is the cradle of freedom and this is the heart of the Industrial Revolution. Oh, that's I'll, right. I'll do that. Friday Night Lights is about way more than football. Yes.